0: This episode of the Fickle Fanboys is brought to you by Counting Worm Shop and Far Out Designs. Check out their links in the description and go support some amazing local art that supports this show. Good evening, I'm Ken Bastida. Dana is off tonight. He was murdered and then set on
1: fire while celebrating his birthday
2: electronics i mean there's so many ants in my eyes and there's so many tvs microwaves radios i think i can't i'm not 100 sure what we have here in stock top naked it drop that's some wet ass pussy yeah you fucking with
0: unintentional second degree murder while committing a felony find the defendant guilty this verdict agreed to this 20th day of april 2021 at one man there's nothing on today i wonder what the fanboys have been up to well, might as well check it out and let's take a look and see what
1: we got here on the internet machine. Oh
0: man, it has to load up, son of a bitch. Oh, alright, here here we go, a new, a new episode, awesome! Alright, let's pop this bad boy on and get the downloading happening and in six hours... We're gonna have an episode. Three days later.
2: You say I'm insane! I say thank you very much! <laughs> <laughs> <I'm a robot. laughs> and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it! Now what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you all! With a tears! In my I'm gonna kick your ass. We don't never go in against
0: the Sicilian when Jeff is on the line. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Fickle Fanboy. I am your host, Reverend Jess, and with me as always, here's RPM. I can't believe you fucking found me. I
1: thought I hid well enough. Shit. Hey, everybody. And you know what? While we're at it, let's just... You said fickle fan boy. Let's just go ahead and call this shit fickle fan boys because it's pretty much our show now. You know, it, it's it was different when it was just me going it alone, but the last couple of seasons,
0: I mean, fair, but like you know, realistically, it was I originally came onto the show just as uh, essentially a a placeholder. Because you had planned to do an episode with somebody else, and then they they bailed, and they bailed hard.
2: The who, the her. Yeah,
0: and then it was just decided that we were going to you know go forward without them, and I was just gonna like essentially just sit in on a regular basis, and then it just became I'm the co-host. Yeah. So
1: and it just seemed you- it seemed like it went naturally and almost perfectly. So I said. If if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Unless you fucking broke it, in which case,
0: you know. Uh, realistically, it was it was you know it just made more sense to call the show the Fickle Fanboy because in the end, I was still just technically a guest host, you know. But now yeah, that but... it's now that we're in the third season of me being on the show,
1: yeah, I actually considered it you know halfway through last season, but I was like, eh, you know what. I don't want to make any major changes. I mean, even though that wouldn't have been a major change, but I don't want to do anything too big until uh, in between seasons. So, I mean, at this point, it is what it is. It's the Pickle Fan Boys, my friends.
0: Yeah, so naturally be prepared and uh, prepare your buttholes because, you know, that that pop culture enema is just not going to end. (laughs)
1: No, you you better squat and eh, make sure you clean your assholes later on, but
0: absolutely. It's, it's going to be a hell of a time. Okay, so uh for those of you that are really confused uh as far as the format taking a, a a differing turn because I introduced the episode. Uh basically this episode was my idea. It was. It was I take full credit for. I take full full credit takes full credit or blame this dude dude didn't know this dude did no work on this at all i mean uh, that's a little bit that's a little bit harsh i'm just i'm just i'm just telling it like it is okay we are we are being honest with our audience it is all about being real you know i'm too real that is my new my new thing i'm being too real on this podcast it's about fucking time so, basically, I mean,
1: granted, it's probably about time that I do the same, but you know, whatever.
0: Yeah. So, in, in the sake of full disclosure, for those of you that, that do not know, RPM's full name is actually Cletus T. Judd. Before the. Yeah,
1: damn right.
0: Before this podcast, he had a long career as a country parody musician.
1: I mean, long career is kind of pushing it, but you know, whatever.
0: He did a parody of Faith Hill's Breathe which was about having bad breath. that was a good one. And also, he he was also well-known as a stuntman on the short-lived television show, The Polly Shore Show.
1: Uh, uh, You know, I mean, Super Dave didn't want my help, so I had to do something.
0: Also, for those of you that don't know, RPM actually does have a long-standing history as the character artist slash capture model for leonard from redneck rampage
1: you're just at this point you're just getting me back for all the times i introduced you in some
0: disparaging
1: degrading way yeah. aren't you
0: yes exactly ah,
1: you jackass
0: exactly <laughs> uh not only that but in the in the in the interest of being real uh rpm did vote for donald trump in both elections oh hell Shut your fucking pie hole. Uh, he specifically gladly voted for him in 2020, uh, because he specifically said that he didn't want to support a cop for vice president.
1: You could go ahead and put your head between your legs and kiss your own ass. (laughs) I'm just saying if you can bend over that far and not, uh,
0: not only that, but also he is a firm supporter of Elliot Roger. The 2014 Isla Vista killer. <laughs> RPM is an incel.
1: You gotta find uh, some kind of hobby. and <laughs>
0: That's so fucked. I'm polite. I'm the ultimate gentleman. You gotta find some hobby, so I just go on incel forums and hang out, you know?
1: I mean, yeah you've never heard of an internet troll? Oh, man. But anyway. I do it just to fuck with them.
0: Well, that's the only fucking they're doing anyway. So uh, okay, so basically the idea for this episode was I wanted I, I spend a lot of my time recommending things to RPM, and he just never he never does them. So eventually, it got to. No, no,
1: I would like I would like to stop you right there. I do them, but usually I take your ideas and then. <sighs> I play with them a little bit before we actually get to them. I blow them up a little bit, you know, make them a little bit more grandiose. And eventually it becomes. I mean, your idea is it's still at the the nugget. It, you know, it it's it's still there. Man. It's just you know, morphed into something a little bit bigger and better. Although I will say, I will say there are other times where. How could I put this? My long term memory is not much better than my short term memory, and my short term memory is shit. So, a lot of times you say something, even on air, and I agree to it, and then I just fucking forget what it was.
0: Yeah. So, basically, if you guys don't remember, if you, if you, yeah, I say guys just because there's no women that listen to the show, there's no way. I, I, I can prove it. You know, if you look at our anchor statistics, I guarantee there are no females that listen to the show. There so-
1: were one or two times, but I, like, I don't doubt that that was just because either they were um in the car when their boyfriends or significant other of any sort were fucking listening to the show?
0: Let's be honest. Or they were being held hostage. Let's be honest, it was was their children that were listening to the show. It's some fucking, like, 60-year-old mom whose 30-year-old son lives with her, and they're driving, and he's just like, can I put on a podcast?
1: I don't care if your child is 30 or 3, I'm not above warping their fragile little minds. That's all I'm gonna say.
0: Oh my God, uh, RPM has children, and that and that really messes with me sometimes because he's so willing to corrupt the youth.
2: <laughs> well, see, I
1: kind of put it on the back burner with my own child. That's what I have nieces and nephews
0: for. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. But either way, that's neither here nor there. So if you guys remember this, this basically came about. I, I forget which episode it was during the. It was in the beginning of. But I was talking about forged and fire and it was
1: like one of the last episodes of last season i don't know one of the last two or three
0: yeah so it was forged in fire we were talking about forged in fire and we were saying like you know i was saying about how it's a great show it's really enjoyable and then we brought up the you know the possibility of doing rpm tries forged in fire right not not him trying to make his own weapons but uh, wait, that's not what I was supposed to do. Is that what you did? Is that, is, is that where you've been? I mean, that's, cleaning that's what I've been trying to do. And,
1: and then I realized uh, if these fucking weapons work, who would clean up the mess? And I'm nothing if I'm not lazy. So I just said, eh, fuck it. And, uh, you know, I threw them away. I'm sure that some kid around the neighborhood's going
0: to find them. I don't, you know. So, so that's what you meant by your saying that your dog was getting fixed today. <laughs> well, you I'm know, try, I mean, I'm here's... chopping, I'm chopping my dog's balls off with a short sword, Damascus.
1: I mean, come on now, don't blame me. I'm not the bad guy here. Have you seen the the prices of a lot of these vets? Shit. All right, so and don't give me. I gave him anesthetic of some sort. I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah. does whiskey count? Yeah, pour some whiskey in the dog bowl, like Uncle Buck. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, so basically the idea was for him to watch Forged in Fire, take notes on it, and then we would discuss it. Then he did that and and, and realized he didn't have enough notes.
1: Uh, well, no, no. I mean, like I said, sometimes you give me ideas, and I, I mean, granted, yeah, there are times where I just don't have enough notes, and that's usually when I start to blow shit up and, and make it a little bit bigger and, and you know, widen the scope a little bit. And so really, we're going to cover a couple of different choice of uh, i hate to use the word reality tv because there's not much reality in this tv but it's reality tv competition shows rpm tries reality
0: television brought to you by pepper's farm Mulatto, the cookie that sounds racist if you don't know how to pronounce it in defense of forged in fire all of my research that i've done about it has it as mostly legit so basically there's a couple there's a couple things okay so in forged in fire they say that that you know oh anybody can come on and and you know participate as long as they have smelting experience that's not that's not true if you don't have a decent backlog of smelting work basically and, and forging uh they will not let you on the show because it's a safety hazard which makes sense I guess makes yeah. total sense.
1: I mean, don't get me wrong. If they let just anybody on there, and then there's just some horrible accident, it'd make for better TV. But I mean, you know, that's just my opinion. Yeah.
0: So basically, um, but everything else, and they they the one thing that I've said is that 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 has been said is that the forging techniques that that they use aren't necessarily the best forging techniques. It's just the ones that are easily like done in a short period of time yeah which i feel like that i feel like that makes sense because you'll see weapons like get destroyed on the show like they'll go to like you know hit this ice block with it or whatever and then all of a sudden the fucking blade snaps.
2: because of the failure of brandon's handle we will not continue with testing brandon your weapon did not make the cut i have to ask you to leave the forge
1: did you see the one of the last episodes that they did with a? Uh, it was actually of, of all things, it was a WWE based show. And it was, it was so horrible. But one of my favorite parts: this guy had made it to the last round, <laughs> and they go to use this giant sword that he's created, and it's it's, it's a thing of beauty. And the moment that they go to take a swing at a uh, a ladder cuz they had been swinging at just a bunch of stuff that you would probably see on raw or smackdown back in the day as weapons
0: they just brought there was
1: a table there was some chairs there was a ladder but the moment he goes to swing at the ladder just the whole blade comes right off a handle
0: that's fucking great
1: <laughs> i mean <It's- laughs> He's made it all this way, and then
0: just it just goes. I I feel right on the ground. Well, I feel I feel like we'll get into it, but but we're just right, right now we're just sort of setting the the stage here. But okay, so for those of you that don't know, Forged in Fire is a reality TV show competition on the History Channel, in which people that make knives and weapons and stuff for a living come on they show their skills they have you know i think 4 hours to to make a blade and then the blade is put through tests and whoever makes the best blade gets to move on to the historical weapon recreation challenge which is how history channel justifies this tv show being on the history channel
1: <laughs> you know i just i got to say i watched that episode And I watched, I would say, probably a half a dozen other episodes. I mean, I didn't, how can I put it? I didn't do a huge deep dive, but I also didn't want to just, like, after the first two episodes, dismiss it. Yeah. And, yeah, it's fun to watch, especially when they have moments where someone's shit that they've worked so hard on just completely fails and usually that's kind of where i found the most enjoyment out, out of it but it, it was interesting to see how they do what they do for maybe like three episodes and yeah, that's that's pushing it well and it's, but it's, other than that i just didn't see the appeal of the show it's and, that, and and sorry but i didn't
0: it's okay so so here's the thing though there's there's a lot going on with the show it's uh, to me I get serious enjoyment out of watching people create things that I could never do.
1: And see, I get serious enjoyment out of absolute fuckery. And when people create things that even if I could never do them, they work so hard on these things. And then they ultimately fail.
0: <laughs> see, like you're just, you just live in a state of just consistently wanting Schadenfreude, is what it comes down to. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> All right. So anyway, the the competition starts off where you know b- they build their blades. If blade's not up to snuff, they get eliminated. If they they make another blade and then they have to test that blade. The blade gets tested through a sharpness test. It gets tested uh, in a durability test. The sharpness test is almost always for the satisfying act of watching something get destroyed.
1: Bladesmiths, this is the ratchet strap slash. Now, a sharp weapon should cut cleanly through. Unlike the coconut test, this is all about what your blade does to these straps. Alan, your first. You ready? That- that's where i come in that's 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 my shit right there i'm like oh okay now now we're getting somewhere with the show
0: yeah so basically you know you'll have they'll be like okay we're gonna cut into these uh couch cushions to see you know these leather couch cushions to see what your knife does to them and it's very satisfying to watch just how these things get destroyed and then they put them through the durability test and the durability test is Okay, I'm gonna take this police baton, press your knife your knife up against a pipe, and just beat the hell out of it. Essentially, to
1: test the strength and durability of your edges, I'm gonna be taking your blades and chopping to these coconuts. Remember, this test is all about what the coconuts do to your blades, and not what your knives do to the
0: coconuts. Alan, you're up. You ready? <laughs> and whatever you know, whoever's knife ho- holds up the best, you know, they get to move on whoever's knife holds up the worst, they usually get sent home. And then you move on to the home forge challenge, which is the weapon
2: recreation. Now we're sending you back to your home forges where you will recreate an iconic weapon from history. That weapon is the macraca.
0: When the weapon recreation's done, they come back and they're put through another durability test and then what is called a kill test.
1: All right, Bladesmiths, 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 welcome to the kill test.
0: It's time to get medieval. Which is almost always done by Doug Marcata. Marcata or Makaita? I thought it was Makaita. Hi guys, Doug Marcata here, and welcome to my cleaned up Man Cave.
2: Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong, you're wrong. Your own. but it might
0: be doug, doug markida it's spelled like markida but it's but yeah but it, i well, feel like will willis is always like you know dave brown or whatever and then he just like and then of course doug markida
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it, it almost feels like he changes it up depending on the episode and then there are times where i feel like you may as well just go
0: Doug. <laughs> right exactly exactly but uh but yeah the, the Doug Marcata is the reason to watch this show, and it's all for this lovely look that he gets on his face when he says that something will kill.
1: <laughs> Overall, your Bagnac will kill. Overall, your weapon will kill. Your blade, it will kill. Your blade, it's curvaceous and sexy, and it will kill. <laughs> it's, it's almost like this. Have you ever seen the gleam in a child's eye when they are able to just rip open the Christmas present on Christmas morning or Christmas Eve, depending on your family? Yeah. It's it's this pure enjoyment, this almost like giddy, just I can't wait kind of thing. Yeah. And and you can tell he really loves his job.
0: The best part, though, is he always looks like he's disappointed in the weapon before he starts talking about it. Mm -hmm. And he'll always be like, okay, Steve, let's talk about your blade here. The cut is sharp. If you notice, it cut cleanly through, right? You had a lot of blood spray right here. Now, it does have a little bit of damage here on the blade. But all in all, sir, this weapon. And it will kill. He
1: he always looks so serious, almost uh almost a little bit just let down at the beginning yeah. of his little spiel. Yeah. And then as he gets closer to this whipping will kill, <laughs> all of a sudden you just see that the joy overcome him to the point where he's just like, Oh we can't wait, I can't wait. It's like And it,
0: there's the payload. It's like it's like at the end of Whiplash when he's playing the drum solo and it like pans over to just JK Simmons' eyes. <laughs> And he gets that, like, gleam of joy in his eyes, right, when he's about to do the big finish on the drum solo. (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, so, okay. I, I will
1: say, you said that one of the aspects that you like of the show is the fact that, you know, it's interesting to watch someone create something, especially knowing that if left to your own devices, you probably couldn't do it. And or at least do it near as well. Yeah. And that's one of the things I had a problem with is the fact that there was a lot of showing. And don't get me wrong, sometimes that can work. But there's very little explaining, especially on this show, when it comes to trying to verbalize anything that they're doing so that a novice like you or I could
0: give a crap well i don't think it's meant to be an instructional program well why the hell not well because that's not what the show is it's not well, i want to build some of this shit well what i'm saying is it's not how it's made <laughs> you know eh,
2: well,
0: like this I is guess. the history channel we have Pawn stars but, and we have ice road truckers uh, don't get me don't get me started on either one of those. we could totally talk about Pawn oh. stars i could talk about Pawn stars for such a long time Well, it's definitely a saddle. Okay. Thanks for coming in, Mark. Really appreciate it. Nice nice to meet you. Good luck. Bye. They had,
1: between A&E and the History Channel, they've had, like, this week of what they were dubbing WWE TV or or guest stars. And one of them, just earlier this week, was Mick Foley was supposed to be on Pond Stars. I watched that episode just for that segment thinking, Oh, this is gonna be fun. It was like three minutes of the whole episode. What was he doing? He literally, someone came in with a, I guess it was a mankind mask and a dude love t-shirt that the reasoning was that the color was off. And so he could tell it was rare or that it was one of the first ones made. And you know how they usually have someone like the the so Rick, people behind Rick, the counter Rick,
0: Rick Harrison was just like Rick Harrison is just like oh. all right so it looks it looks it looks pretty real but uh you know I got a buddy of mine his name's uh Mick Foley I'm going to call him I'm going to have him come down here and take a look at it
1: Well a- actually no Rick, Rick was sitting here like I wouldn't fucking know what the hell this is worth and Trump Lee comes around Chum comes around the corner hey oh what shit <laughs> and he he gives like this whole dissertation about you know Mick Foley's WWE career and like how mankind
0: did he at least sound like he knows what he was talking
1: about <laughs> does he ever
0: i'm just saying cuz like like Chum, like they they try to play Chumley off as like this idiot savant character you know that like oh he's kind of stupid but you know he knows a lot about random stuff
1: yeah i mean that's kind of how he came off Actually, even before Mick came onto the set or, you know, whatever the hell you want to call it, into the game review, the uh, best part for me was listening to Chum try to explain to Rick that fucking Mick Foley was both Mankind and Dude Love.
2: You gotta understand, Rick. There's, there's three faces of Foley, and, uh... Yeah, you know, it's it's just is i mean i mean if if, it's
1: wrestling that's almost verbatim practically what he said
0: i just i would (laughs) like to think that Chumley thinks that wrestling is 100 real
2: and he's just like and he faced off with the undertaker who's a dead man who came back to life and he can shoot lightning bolts have you
1: you've seen palm stars you've seen trump you know he's got to think that wrestling is absolutely. And true.
2: then Vince McMahon blew up in a limo once, and he came. He came back to life.
1: <laughs> it, it, he is literally the walking, talking. Opinion.
2: So I, I think I think Vince, Mc, I think Vince McMahon's the Undertaker now. I don't...
1: You've seen that that video by now. I mean, damn near every wrestling fan has of the guy you know the it's still real to me damn it yeah of course he's that kind of wrestling fan like you you could just tell like dude you you really think that this this is just absolutely real you? you think this is the ufc don't you yeah
0: exactly well and i feel like i feel like brock lesnar actually fighting in the ufc probably just made it worse oh absolutely absolutely
2: see it's completely real i mean you know I don't understand how Brock Lesnar lost. Why didn't he just F5 the guy? That took out The Undertaker. That literally made a dead man fall. <laughs> oh.
0: But anyway, back to Forged and Fire cuz that's what we're talking about right now.
2: And it will
0: kill. Um all right, so all in all, you said you said you weren't into the show. What issues did you have with it besides besides the fact that they didn't teach you how to forge? Well, I mean, I, I don't want you to teach me
1: how to forge, but like I just I mean, there's a difference between no explaining and explaining too much. But there's at least a slight middle ground, and other than that you know i I don't know i just i didn't see the appeal i the, of the whole show of the whole show i mean other than and other than doug and it will kill. i didn't give two shits about the other, although um oh what's the the judge who's he's an older guy looks like he looks like he could have been Wilford Brimley's twin.
0: As Dave, 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 Dave I, I,
1: I was slightly jealous of his beard. However, <laughs> other than that, I really could have given two shits about both Dave and whoever the hell the other dude was.
0: Uh, Jay Nielsen.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. But you're
0: forgetting about two-time Forge and Fire champion Ben Abbott.
1: No, I'm not. I'm not forgetting <laughs> him. I'm just not <laughs> mentioning him
0: at all all, ever all right fair enough but the one thing i will say about forested fire um i i think you weren't paying close enough attention because if you if you recall the host will consistently go over when people are smelting and ask the judges about certain things like he'll be like okay so now he's taking the steel and he's grinding on the steel to see what type of sparks what is he doing you know
1: yeah and i will say they did go a little bit more into detail when some shit was gonna go wrong, like when someone accidentally chipped some of their metal or something, yeah. they slightly kind of as an aside explain what happened, but it, it I don't know it's just again didn't get the appeal. I'm not saying it was a horrible show. I will say that I liked it more than I thought I was going to when you suggested it, and for two or three episodes at a time i wouldn't mind watching it here and there all right wonderful. it's not one that i'd be like either breaking my back to try and get home to see if it was airing or even if i forgot to set my dvr to record it i wouldn't be crying in my whiskey
0: okay i mean that's fair all right so that's your thoughts on forged and fire You said you had some more reality competition shows that you watched.
1: Well, um, actually, speaking of crying in my whiskey, I did watch a little bit of... Have you ever seen Master Distiller? What's it taste like, Adam? Yeah, that flavor coming in for you.
0: Okay, so I have not. I tried finding it when you brought it up. I couldn't really find any full episodes.
1: Okay, have you ever seen Moonshiner?
2: Within the hollows of a forgotten corner of America. <laughs> it's late summer in the mountains of Appalachia. But to the renegades who call this place home, a battle is about to begin. This is how we make a moonshine. <laughs>
0: I have seen an episode of Moonshine. It's Shines. like... My parents, my parents would watch that show because they're a bunch of fucking country bumpkins who worship Trump, and naturally, if there's anything Hick-related, they want to watch it.
1: It's like three of the guys from Moonshiners are the judges. Okay. It was fun because it was the country bumpkins trying to, you know, get liquored up and, you know, make a show out of it. it was It was fun. Eh? That's just... <laughs> the, the, you actually get a little bit of explaining about what's going on And about, you know, the choices that these guys are making when using these distilleries, these itty-bitty little distilleries to make, I mean, whether it be rum, whether it be whiskey, whether
0: it be anything, really. All right, so this, this is my plan. I plan to use antifreeze from this 1967 Chevelle to sort of really give it a bit of a kick you know, because I like my Everclear to essentially be able to pull the skin off a rat's tail. You're
1: not far off. I'm not, I can't even, I can't even even lie. And I think that's another, I think we've come on to another reason why.
0: About how they're, what I'm going to be doing is a method called boondoggling. And what this is, is what happens is you take your granny's panties and you you pour the moonshine through it and that gives it the taste of failure
1: (laughs) well i mean no you're close but no cigar (laughs) it's it's (laughs) it was more informative than forged and i like nothing more in my reality tv that's not so much reality than i do a little bit of fuckery
0: and this show was full of fuckery. Like like people like sabotaging each other? No, just, I mean, comedic fuckery. I'm going to go over here and I'm I'm going to piss in his, dis- no, <laughs> his distillery. No, comedic fuckery. <laughs> so that his moonshine tastes like piss. I'm telling you,
1: if you ever want to feel better about yourself and there's not a county fair to go to, Watch a show, watch an episode of this, and you'll see whether it be the judges or the contestants, you'll see some unfortunate, unfortunate wastes of space that will make you feel better about your existence.
0: Now, we just use this method called boondocking. (laughs) That's my favorite thing now. (laughs) You've just
1: mentioned it like. Several times in the last few seconds, should I go get my whiskey so I can go ahead and take a shot every time you say "boondoglin"? Or uh, might I need to go pump my <laughs> stomach afterwards if I do that?
0: I mean, I mean, I would suppose that'd probably be a good idea. I don't know. Well, if you think
1: it's a good idea, then I'm not going to do it.
0: Have you ever have you ever watched pig calling? Yes,
1: I well, I've, I've so, never actually sat there and watched them. But uh,
0: let I me, don't... well, let me, let me show you a, a an audio file of a pig calling contest just to get a, give you and the audience an idea of what I assume the contestants of P- please don't. master distillers are P- please don't please do please please don't please <Ready?
2: Whoever> Fred! Ah! i think i see him he's right over here
0: i just assume i just assume that's what they sound like
2: Freddy! oh jimmy
1: christmas okay so but i mean i grew up in south dakota you eventually at least hear off in the distance big calling contest among other shit that you just can't wait explain
0: a, oh wait a minute were you saying that you needed to hear the the metal version of it sorry is that what you needed to hear you need to hear the metal version of it
1: well i didn't say that i needed to hear the metal version of it so you're wrong there but now that i've heard it i think i did need to hear
0: it right i think everybody should have heard that i think it's something that
1: you don't know you absolutely need until it's already gone past and, and you've, you've experienced it and then you realize <laughs> i needed that more in my life than i could have ever known
0: I don't know why, man, though, but, like, real talk, like, regardless of pig calling contests or anything like that, but I don't know, it's just so hard for me to get into, like, southern-based reality shows.
1: Yeah, and it it is a great, the, the show is a great example of how the worst thing about some of these shows can be the hosts when you pick people who care about the topic, but just don't give two wet shits about being on TV. It's almost like they really could care less about the camera being there. Uh, I'm surprised that they haven't dropped a good amount of f bombs by now. Uh, in fact, it make it make the show better. In my like opinion.
0: my whole standpoint is okay. So, a prime example. Tiger King.
2: It's all part of Carol Baskin's plan with Peter the Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin is so influential that Carol Baskin and Carol Baskin. I consider that bitch to be one of the biggest terrorists in the exotic animal world right now. Carol Baskin.
0: Yep. Did you watch the Tiger King?
1: I was going to say, I'm, I'm hoping when you said Tiger King, there was such a dramatic pause there. I was hoping there was more.
0: No, I'm asking did and you watch it?
1: No, I have not. Okay. I... It's one of those things where... You're a hipster. Everybody, everybody it, was watching
0: I, it. You didn't want to watch it because everybody's watching it. I get it. You're a no, hipster. No,
1: no. It's not that. It's that every time I go onto Netflix with the intent of watching something, you can go on there thinking, ah, I've, you know what? I haven't seen, I'll just say fucking West Wing or whatever the show have you, you might want to watch. I'm going to uh, let me go on
0: there and binge
1: on it a little bit.
0: I mean, fair. I just and, I mean, like, like, don't get me wrong. And then when you
1: when you go, you know, by the time you get to the show you meant to go to, you've come across like five different things that you actually want to watch more. And that's usually what happens. I'll go on there with the intent to watch Tiger King and inevitably be done with Netflix and go on to something else in my day without ever having watched tiger king well
0: the thing about tiger king okay the actual tiger king himself joe joe exotic he was meant to be on television best name ever i mean he was meant to be on television he the way that he the way that he carries himself the the whole you know appeal that he's like presented himself as he made himself made for television right and mm-hmm but he is literally the only fucking person in that documentary who is meant to be on television. <laughs> Every single other person that is interviewed on that fucking that documentary is like literally the same deal of just like I don't know why they're filming me about this like uh, okay yeah Joe Exotic, yeah whatever. You <laughs> know like Yeah. So it and 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 you know that's that's some dudes down in Oklahoma, you know. Like I so that's just another case of those southern reality shows that just showcase people that aren't meant yeah, to be on television. Yeah, and that's
1: basically the, the host of this um, Master Distiller. It, it's Mark, Tim, and and get this shit, a man that they really just refer to as Digger.
0: There's there's always that one guy. I mean, it's like mountain monsters, you know?
1: And it's it's just a bunch of backwoods moonshining hicks. That frankly could have been former neighbors of you when you lived in Bumfuzzle, Kentucky.
0: I just like like that's the thing, like you know those southern realities. Same thing with it's the
1: same and thing with mountain do monsters. Not,
0: do not disparage the good name of mountain monsters.
1: Where's my Huckleberry? My Huckleberry?
2: That I don't is know where Huckleberry some...
1: is. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is some good, solid, just wholesome fuckery that I love with
2: all my heart. Uh-huh. <laughs> Them
0: to come immediately after Jeff told them I spoke with this little girl. They want me
2: bad. This is not good. Here comes William bill Come here, run! School! God, we ain't got a whole lot of time. Buck, you need to get here. Because
1: it is just. Okay, if you can't get a laugh out of fucking every time that Huckleberry, you know, just goes full on like I'm gonna kick somebody's ass or every time that uh Willie falls out of nowhere in the middle of the night just like over some kind of cliff and you just hear uh, Wild Bill just, Willie! <laughs> Willie, where are you, brother? Like, I'm sorry, man. And All this while hunting something like the fucking Snallygaster. What the fuck is the Snallygaster? <sighs>
0: Here in Clay County the terrain is very unforgiving. Steep hills, rock cliffs, and we're out in an open apple orchard. This bigfoot could sneak up on us in a hurry and we'd never even know he was there. Deep press. Come on, take some deep press.
1: You talk to me. I'm not into this hocus pocus bullshit. So, Huckleberry looks like a damn bigfoot. You got Jeff and and Wild Bill who they create these. Uh, well, I I, I stop short of calling them traps because they literally look like something that Wiley e. Coyote got in a box that said Acme. You you have Jeff who literally, if David the Gnome was real, it would be Jeff. <laughs> and then you have Buck who somehow, some way, goes missing. I'm not into this hocus pocus bullshit, <laughs> but something had a hold of him. That wasn't Buck there tonight. And insane. It's just the amount of times that he goes missing is it boggles the mind because the man has got to be. It's like if you took me and Reverend Jess, our body mass, and then doubled it. (laughs) This man has got to be at least a metric ton. And somehow he just goes missing all the time all the time every fucking like he can't run anywhere he if he runs he dies if he dies he dies
0: oh,
2: trapper, you're getting sick. guys now. he's
0: sick to have a friend that i've known all of his life
1: shook up like that i'm telling you this has got me in an uproar and by god i'm gonna do something
0: about it
2: trapper he's going in shock we gotta get him out of here We
0: gotta get him out of here now
2: come on <sighs> buck we gotta get, get, him get back you out of the truck i have no idea what happened here tonight Something got a hold of
0: buck that shouldn't. I'll we'll get Buck back and get him some sleep when he gets up tomorrow. Maybe he can put the pieces together and tell me what exactly happened. It's just so fucking funny because it's like, I'm sorry, just like them said there's a buck.
2: Stay with him! Stay with him!
0: <laughs> and then okay.
1: <laughs> there's one where I think they're going after Oh, shit. I want to say that this one was actually the Chupacabra.
0: You, you ever, you ever notice how everybody, you ever, ever knows how everything on that show is a some bitch? Oh, everything.
1: Let's go get that some bitch.
0: Oh, honeysuckle dumps. That's the perfect place for that some bitch to be.
1: But I mean, okay. They were in the side by side in this particular episode, and it was one of the first times that you could actually see anything. Usually, you'd get the treatment of the three just three
0: members repeating each other.
1: Hey, y'all see that over there? No. Yeah. Over there, over there.
0: <laughs> and then there's a talking head moment where it's just, and then I told Buck he was over exactly.
1: there. Exactly. But <laughs> in the side-by-side in the dead of the night, all of a sudden you see this, like it's, it's a split second of something jumping on the back of the side-by-side and trying to take a, Unk out of Buck's ass. This is not good. You've seen the show. You know how big Buck is. That's a lot of biting. Yeah. That's a whole lot yeah, of biting. That's a... However...
0: That's a mouthful. I
1: paused the damn... I, I went back on my DVR and then paused and went slowly just enough to where I could see what the hell this was that jumped on the back of the fucking side-by-side.
0: And it was Huckleberry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, You know, it actually... It looked... Have you ever seen I want to say this was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2?
0: It, it looked like Baby Toka. It, I don't know if you know this though, but but Mountain Monsters is not a real show. The hell you say. In fact, I, I in fact, as someone who believes in the possibility of cryptozoological creatures, I feel like shows like Mountain Monsters or Finding Bigfoot uh honestly just provide a detriment to the cryptozoological zoological com- community because say that three times fast. realistically crypto zoological community that wasn't fast uh, that's the you're right because it's hard <laughs> yeah, to say fast. that's what i said say um, that three times fast and you didn't so yeah i know you, i know you failed. yes i did but i feel like they are seriously a detriment because because crypto zoological you know believers essentially mm-hmm. um you know, they. There's the possibility of those creatures being out there because new species are discovered all the fucking time. And on top of that, you know, just because a, a species is endangered or presumed extinct doesn't necessarily mean that it is. And not to mention that there's also the possibility of, you know, biological interference or, or uh, fucking, you know, radioactive interference. Like,. For example, can you imagine what sort of mutated fucking monsters are walking around Chernobyl? You know. Yeah. So I mean, realistically, like you know, it's highly possible for cryptids to be real. So when you have shows like that that totally fake it, and just or like for example, Finding Bigfoot, which is has fourteen seasons of them finding absolutely nothing, it just continues to essentially not only embarrass the the actual committee looking for these for these things. Or the actual believers, but it also fucking, like, you know, gives the skeptics more fuel, essentially.
1: Yeah. And I don't care if it's Matt Moneymaker or any of the other hosts of that fucking show. This is the most frustrated I've been while squatching in a long time. <laughs> you can tell none of them, when they do that little talking head aside thing, they really don't fucking believe a word they're saying
0: and it's like that's the thing like like him i remember like there was an episode of finding bigfoot where he like they got called out and they were encouraged to participate in a debate about why uh, bigfoot isn't real and the main evidence that he gave was uh okay so we you're standing next to a skeleton of a a woolly mammoth or a mastodon or whatever and he's like um he's like why have we not found fucking bones of Bigfoot?" and he's just like well let's let's think about this for a second okay you you have mastodons who were uh, in a frozen tundra environment okay so it was highly likely for them to be preserved now chimps are more of a tropical species uh different climates so it only makes sense that their bones would just deteriorate over time and not be preserved yeah. And like, dude, it's like, cause
1: we've never like, found ever, we've never found any kind of, uh, yeah. chimp bones or anywhere. No, come the fuck. Well, up. no, but,
0: but the point that he was making was, you know, essentially saying that like, Oh, um, because this is, you know, even after 50,000 years, we still can pull up these mastodon bones. And he just like, he's just like sitting there basically saying like, Oh, well, you know, chimps are from the tropic. Therefore, uh, there's no, there's no way that there the bones could have been preserved the same way. But realistically dude, then why the fuck are you hunting for Bigfoot in the Pacific Northwest? Cuz really it, Because they didn't find they don't find mammoth bones. They don't have to go out to Antarctica to find mammoth bones, dude, like No. They found the sh- they find the shit in like the desert. So you can't fucking sit there and say like, "Oh, well, they're just from a different area, so therefore that's why there's no bones." It's like, dude, th- think of a fucking better argument than that. <laughs>
1: Finding Bigfoot basically just sticks to the Pacific Northwest, as you said. You have Mountain Monsters, which is more or less just the south and, like, the, the southeast south. part of the country.
0: And, like, the Appalachian area. Yeah, they that spend a lot of time too, in Virginia. But, of course, they've never found anything.
1: I, I will forever fight anybody who says that the best chance of finding any of that kind of shit isn't somewhere in the middle of the country i don't care if you're talking the dakotas i don't care if you're talking fucking oklahoma or or texas or
0: either way it's neither it's neither here nor there it's neither here nor there oh it's here and there i i mean fair i feel like cryptids are a topic for a different episode because i can go on about cryptids for a very long time and we can talk about all types of cryptids. And since who knows when the fuck Church Absurd is coming back, I would love to talk cryptids with you. But we do have an I, intended I episode. I think that we do. should do an episode of
1: this at some point during the season. And we can go ahead and, and talk shows that cover the cryptids.
0: Yeah, we could do that. We could talk about river monsters and shit like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Throw uh, ancient aliens that... in there. Fuck it. But either way, that's neither here nor there. Let's move on. Let's talk about another show. The last
1: two that I had before that, really, we could kind of cover all together okay. because they're two different cooking shows. All right. One is nailed and it, na- and the other one is cooked with cannabis.
2: Smoke weed every day.
0: Okay, so cooking with cannabis, is pretty straightforward. It's about weed cook. Yeah, right? it's
1: it's really just your regular, everyday, mostly boring, unless you're kind of adventurous with your cooking cooking show as they make jokes that didn't make it into the scripts of movies like how high is the menagerie of hosts depending on whatever episode you're watching i feel like high. i feel
0: like that whole show is just i feel like that whole show has to be just a series of winks to the camera where it's just like no you're gonna want to cook it at a high temperature probably around like 400 or maybe like 420 degrees (laughs) it really is
1: at the beginning and then by the end of it everyone's starting to get contact highs and so the humor becomes a at least a little bit more bearable but yeah that
0: that's (laughs) i would i would love to see the judges (laughs) that you know like you know on master chef they fucking test the food and they're just like oh it's got like a nice earthy tone to it it's got i really like the 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 hint of citrus that you have here in this filet mignon you know i i can tell you marinate you know any shit like that but then they're just like the the judges for this are just like all right so i'm biting into your chicken here and let me tell you it's hitting me um Basically, uh, I don't. Did you use cannabis? Because let me tell you right now, you are—you look like a whale that's talking right now. So, (laughs) was your cannabis spiked? So I just
2: laced with anything.
0: uh, Is this laced? Is this laced? Did you give me angel dust?
2: Am
0: I? Because let me tell you right now, okay. Like uh, clearly. You've you've done your chicken well because I am really wanting to listen to Primus right now. Because let me tell you, pork soda. uh, Here's the thing I can tell you about your filet mignon that you cooked here, is that pork soda is one of the greatest albums ever made. But sailing the seas with cheese is definitely the greatest follow up you'll ever see in the history.
1: (laughs) When Nona had a big brown beef of music.
0: Let me tell you, I'm just sitting here and I am eating, I am eating so much. You know what would be great with this filet mignon is some Cheetos. I could go for some Cheetos right now. <laughs>
1: <sighs> you know, it-
0: Can, here's, here's, and I know this is crazy, but as far as your food here, have you thought about putting peanut butter on it? Uh, sir, I don't know if that would be a good idea because this here is a pork chop. Yes, but if can you imagine if we put peanut butter on it and then some Cheetos on top of the peanut butter? Because let me tell you, that sounds
2: amazing.
1: Well, and and mind you, I am fat ass, but I'm of the mind that uh, peanut butter goes with damn near everything. I don't care what it is anything
0: the the judges are so fucking stoned they just bring them like a taco party pack from from taco bell yeah i made this and they're just like wow this tastes extremely like taco bell (laughs) i'm getting you win you win you win
1: (laughs) that'd be great but i mean uh, okay and the last one like i said is nailed it and it's more comedy than it is reality. I get that. It's just like Mountain Monsters is. But it's fun to watch if you really want to feel better about how your baking comes out. Because it's almost like if you took any show that's ever revolved around baking or cooking, whether it be Iron Chef, I don't care what it is, and just everyone that goes on you know, as a contestant has no fucking clue what they're doing.
0: Oh, lovely. So yeah, it it's really essentially is. the opposite of what Forged in Fire is, where they're just like, they make it seem like they'll accept anybody if they have even the mildest of forging skills, but then they interview people, and if you don't have skills, you're not welcome onto the show. It's the opposite here, where it's just like, if you have good skills, you're just not welcome on the show.
1: That pretty much covers it, yeah. No, I ain't, I'm not even gonna lie. That, that was almost spot on, and frankly, it's as I said, when talking about Forged with Fire, that kind of is one one of the reasons I like the show. I'm into it. Okay, so I mean, it's you have your hosts Nicole Byer and Jacques Torres, but they also have a revolving door of hosts as as like the third judge. Yeah, and if you need a laugh, it's just great. I mean. They basically make fun of the mistakes the bakers are making and heckle them throughout the whole thing. And so they're just like, did you see what he just did? Did How he just fucked up? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, I don't know. Like I said, if you really want to feel better about your baking skills or cooking in general, uh, if you're tired of, whether it be your kids
0: complaining that,
1: I don't like this. Or whatever the hell.
0: <laughs> just to remember, it could always be worse. G- yeah, watch this show and just kind of
1: go, well, at least I'm not so bad that I end up on this fucker.
0: See, okay, so what I, what my goal was, was I was trying to make a, a Pound Patrol cake, or Paw Patrol cake, Pound- and I just... I've, I've made him a burn victim cake, <laughs> and, because and this is no longer a dog. <laughs>
1: The things that they make, especially when using, like, the modeling chocolate and things like that to try and put, like, figurines or, you know, figures on the cake, or if they yeah. try to, have to make it look like something, it almost looks like someone took a flamethrower to Mr. Bill.
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it really Hello. does. It looks
1: like if Mr. Bill and... uh Pizza the Hut from Spaceballs had some sort of fucked up love child. You are
2: delicious. <laughs> it,
1: it was, <laughs> oh, fuck, I love that movie. But yeah, it, it's just I'll, I enjoy. I have to peep that one. Yeah, I, I just enjoy my reality TV, if you want to call it that, with a little bit of fuckery, and you know, the more fuckery, the better, in my opinion. Which is why we get to.
2: MXC. It's time for MXC, the world's toughest competition in town. It's a career day show as white collar kids and their mentors battle it out with blue collar kids and their mentors. It's a classic battle of three piece suits versus steel toe boots. And now, two guys with rings around their collars Kenny Blanketchip and Vic Romano. Welcome. Woohoo!
1: Which is just. Until you suggested it, I have to say, it's been so long since I watched MXC. Completely forgot about it. I used to, like, when it was on Spike back in the day, I caught that on a regular
0: basis. So the thing about MXC is it's its own animal because it is one of these cases of them. It's very similar to what uh, Space Ghost Coast to Coast did.
1: Yeah, I, I, in my notes, I kind of likened it to someone taking... comedy stylings of mst3k and like they shook it up in a test tube with a little bit of american gladiators without the gladiators well
0: well because here's the thing here's the thing mxc is essentially a re-edit of an original 1980s japanese program called takeshi's (laughs) castle
1: Uh,
0: It was hosted by Takeshi Kitano, who is essentially like a media god in Japan. Well-known skeptic, comedian, actor, singer, songwriter... Like, this dude has done it fucking all. Like, this dude... You can say, he's a man of many hats. This dude has even forayed into video game making. Like, this dude made a video game for the Nintendo uh, Famicom called Takeshi's Challenge, which is widely considered to be one of the most challenging, difficult... And annoying games ever made.
2: You have one shot at this flying segment where you have to shoot a revolver abreast a hang glider at giant dive bombing pigeons and UFOs. If you get hit once, you're dead. Game over. And you know what that means? Divorce your wife, sing the karaoke, question if it's ethical to eat Mormons,
1: do the whole thing over again just to have another go at this hang gliding segment. Which explains a lot of the shit that they do in this show.
0: So Takeshi's Castle was basically a fucking uh, reality program that was a competition. It was heavily based on obstacle courses and, like, American Gladiator-type challenges, basically. Completely done in Japanese until the early 2000s, in which I'm pretty sure Magnolia Entertainment was behind it, because they were the ones that put out the DVDs, Mm -hmm. but they essentially re-edited it, brought brought in American voice actors to do the color commentary and essentially made it even more like juvenile and ridiculous and stupid and definitely offensive.
2: I can't feel my eyes. Oh my
0: God. She's an illegitimate mother of two. Hasn't she put out with enough? You would think so. You
1: think if, okay, if anybody listening within the sound of my voice has ever listened to our older episodes and thought we might have gotten just a tad bit offensive or gone a little bit over the line. This is not the show for yeah, you. Keep
0: in mind this is early two thousands. This is this is Spike TV, which was essentially it originally started off as TNN, which the idea yeah. was it was television for men. So well
1: you know, that wasn't the original idea. TNN was originally basically like a, a country music yeah there station, was like
0: stock car there was like less. stock car racing on it there was like for a while uh wwe raw was on it and
1: even before that you had um i believe you had ecw before that we hate stinking network we hate their
2: guts for
1: abandoning us we hate their guts for not supporting us we hate their guts for not advertising
2: us and we hate their guts for not having the balls to blow us off the air just in case you're watching this hey network i dare you to throw me off the air because i'm gonna break every rule that you put in front of me until you throw me the hell
1: off the air mid 90s early 90s you had tnn but it was it was back when they actually had music uh television you know music videos because even vh1 and mtv hardly ever show music videos now but when they had music videos, that's really almost all they ever showed on yeah, TNN and and in its TNN
0: 17th. is where you would you would watch old reruns of Walker, Texas Ranger, and you know Nash yes. Bridges and shit like that.
1: Basically, anything that any of the uh, good old boy backwoods motherfuckers in the country would probably get a kick yeah. out of.
0: So somehow they got the distribution rights for Takeshi's Castle and decided to re-edit it. And call it most extreme elimination challenge, and essentially decided to pull off, you know, pull out the interest in Japanese culture, and then make it more Americanized. So that's when you brought in the fucking, um, you know, funny commentary and you know the crude humor, shit like that.
1: Yeah, I would normally catch the show. I, I believe it came on either right before or right after. The critic and Duckman. Yeah,
0: and then and then this this was like part of like the fucking night block of programming. Like it was like around. I want to say it came on like around like eight o'clock at night, and then after yeah. that you would go. Like it be when Spike finally took over, and became became Spike TV, which was literally television for men. And this was before you had things like The Critic, Stripperella. Which man, I I I, I like to think that Stan Lee probably regretted that decision. <laughs> I don't know if he
1: ever had a decision that he regretted, but if he did, that'd probably be the one. Yeah,
0: and then like uh, there was that Gary the Rat show uh, with uh, with Kelsey Grammer. Yes, I almost forgot about that one. Holy shit! Yeah, so so it was like it was programming like that, and then eventually it got to a point where it was just like reruns of Cops were on Spike all the time, and then I I think Bar Rescue was also
1: on Spike. It might have been. Now that you say that, but. I don't remember ever seeing it on there, but I can't say well, that it wasn't.
0: Before Before Spike TV became what Spike was known for, which was shit like Ink Master and Bar Rescue, it was home to Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. And Most Extreme Elimination Challenge had five seasons. Each one was like 26 episodes, half an hour long program. And it was very fucking funny to watch just the old footage You know, granted, I was young at the time, and you were presumably young, too. Not as young as I was, but, like, I was in, like, fifth grade around the time, so you would have had to been in high school.
1: I think I was probably in my freshman year. Yeah, I was either, I think, yeah, probably about somewhere between eighth and, like, the end of eighth and, like, the beginning of tenth grade somewhere. so.
0: So I would watch MXC all the time. And, uh, you know, like it was it's there's so much going on. Like you have just these random like there's a game called sinkers and floaters where they have to run across a pond and half the rocks like are like essentially platforms. The other half aren't. So they have to essentially guess which ones will cause them not to fall into the water. And like and like, (laughs) of course, you know, they would they would re-edit it. So, you know, you'd have like the teams or whatever the competition And, like, you'd have, like, oh, it's veterinarians versus gynecologists, you know what I mean? Like, or, you know, you'd be like, oh, today you have uh, Olympic gold medalists versus special Olympic gold medalists, you know what I mean? One of the
1: ones that I watched, I think, don't quote me on this, but I believe it was something to the effect of the cartoonists or, you know, the animators versus, like, the adult uh video stars there or was something. that like, uh i, I remember was one just... was
0: like organ donors versus like something else Th- like a commercial yeah. actors or something literally anything else but yeah like yeah. And, and and then you'd have you had gila gila douche
2: hi gee here just back from my annual checkup where the doctors repeatedly probed me and discovered i had a kidney stone the size of a super bowl ring and here's a diagram of my kidney and the gemstone which i anticipate will pass slowly and painfully <laughs> i love the word painfully and now to our games
0: who is uh, who is the uh, the sidebar interviewer basically best name ever and like he was just overly french even though he was just this japanese guy in like a living sin (laughs) outfit he was
1: one of my favorite characters um i I forget some of the other names i I had uh in my notes the fact that i got a kick out of penny
0: (laughs) well and not only that but like they would always they would give fake names and here's terry credo she's a clown shoe resold you know what they say about clowns with big feet oh yeah
2: Here's Rob Tussin. He was very impressive in the warm-up oh! Ah! oh, oh, God, he's still going! Oh, how can he? Oh, he must be feeling really stupid. I don't think he's feeling anything from the neck down, Ken.
0: They'd be like, oh, here comes Bobby Bobaganouche. He's a battery acid t- taste tester. Like, like, but like so many people's last name was Bobaganouche. <laughs> Coming up next on the platform, <laughs> Timmy Bobby Ganoush. Yeah, and it
1: was never. It, it wasn't always just Bobby Ganoush. It was change it just a little bit.
0: And like, what's what? Just to keep what's funny is like, you know, you'd have the contestants they come on and like they'd, they 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 they'd like say something to the camera, and like occasionally they like the, everyone's overdubbed, so they'll say they'll make them say something ridiculous, It's like like. She took my kids, or something like
2: that. Smoke in. <laughs> and this spirited young fellow is Avon much sought after fashion photographer. Oh. oh, he got bucked early. Yes, he did, Ken. Actually, that didn't count. We're going to let him get back up there.
1: It almost reminded me of uh, one of my favorite movies, Hot Shots, at the end when this, this guy goes flying off the ship. And all of a sudden, you just hear. I can see my house from here. Right,
0: essentially, like like it's the same idea, but like, goddamn, if if you ever get a chance, and keep in mind, the only way you can watch MXE is through basically illegal means. Hey, well, yeah, I mean, you can watch it through Amazon Prime, but like, other other than that, it's illegal means because you're not gonna find the DVDs, and if you do find the DVDs, they're going to be unbelievably expensive.
1: Yeah, I I really I did. Amazon Prime, and uh, before that even, and before I realized it was there, I had actually resorted to watching just whatever random episodes, and there's, don't get me wrong, if you want to stick, if you want to stay on the side of the law where you don't end up doing time, which, you know, I I I guess you can go that route, but there are a good amount of random episodes just screwing all over youtube yeah i was actually surprised at how many i could find there but it did get to the point where i'm just like "I, i gotta find more i got there's gotta be more out there somewhere and then i found them on amazon prime which um i had almost forgotten that we had up until the point where i was like oh shit that that's right let's see if it's on if there if you ever get,
0: if, yeah. if you ever get a chance i i highly recommend it it is just one of those shows where it's just like it is a staple it is a a, a good time capsule for the early early 2000s to see where comedy was at but keep yeah, in mind is. you will never see mxc ever again you know as far as like uh takeshi's castle alone probably would not be a fucking tv show nowadays because the the things they are doing are not safe there is a lot of fucking injuries and there is the some some things you just look and you say there's no way they walked away from that yeah i
1: think the closest that you can get to the show nowadays would probably end up being uh, i i guess Wipeout, but but is, here's the thing though, and that it doesn't even come wipeout apart. is safe though, yes, that's what I was going to say, is it doesn't even come yeah. close, but it's about the closest you can get nowadays because everyone, you know, I mean, they will most most shows like this want the contestants to live well, I but guess. like
0: okay, so so have you watched did you watch the mini golf competition, the holy moly that NBC did? Yes, yes, I did, okay. So, Holy Moly got close, but it was still safe.
1: Yeah, I, I guess in their own way, they did get close.
0: Um, but but here's the thing. Takeshi's Castle would never be a TV show these days. And MXC, would, the comedy, would never be on TV these days. Oh, no. The, the things
1: that they can get away with on that show... We live in which is part of the reason I started this show, because I was just tired of this shit, but we live in a world that
0: We live in a society.
1: Uh, All right, Jared. But we live in a... Okay, we live in a society that is, frankly, too damn PC nowadays. Uh, They're PC to an insanely annoying amount. People... Are, are just so worried about you know you have the cancel culture and all these things and people are so worried about they're hurting feelings and 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 uh, offending somebody but we've gotten to that point where you have so many people worried so much that they're gonna offend somebody by making a joke or laughing at a joke that may or may not could possibly might be offensive in in alternate universe yeah and i can't stand that shit and a lot of this shit and because of the the society that we live in a lot of the shit wouldn't make tv and it's a damn shame god if i will say this it's been too damn long since we recorded cuz frankly that felt good that little rant just to get that kind of shit out
2: yes yes oh yeah can you feel that buddy huh 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 I have exercise the demons <laughs> this house is clear
0: yeah there you go so now i feel like that's a good place to call it for this episode
2: wait wait
1: wait wait you, you dragged my ass back <laughs> every time i try to get out they pull me back in and then just about the time i start enjoying the shit you want to quit you want to stop the show?
0: So, in the meantime, you can find me at RevJess_FlRadio underscore FL Radio on Twitter. You can find my edgy boy content show, The Church Absurd, the Rev and Justin Deacon Sam, and all your favorite pla- podcast platforms. You can find our movie review podcast, Claim and Shame, all three episodes of it, up on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can check out Quarantino, my Quarantino Tarantino podcast. It's available on all your favorite podcast platforms. and. And where can they find you?
1: They can find me at the Fickle Fanboy RPM and at the Fickle Fanboy podcast on Instagram. Uh, the Fickle Fanboy RPM is Twitter. And you can find me uh, basically every once in a while. I check into uh, the Fickle Fanboy Facebook page. But other than me posting, no no one pipes in. You know? there, there's, there's absolutely jack shit going on there. But when there is it's probably it's probably because uh i tend to troll just about anybody that wants to start shit so i mean yeah, that's the there probably to blame there a little bit but yeah and other than that uh, i'm sure there's other places you can find me but i'm out of fucking practice so I mean, let's start with that and and uh, go from there
0: <laughs> there you go there you go folks so get excited it's season six. We're up and running. It's good times. Woohoo! I, Be excited.
1: I'll tell you right now. I actually had uh, set a little bit of a goal for me uh, for myself that if I didn't have people listening to an extent where I felt like you know it wasn't just. My family and friends, and mind you, I've talked to my family. None of them really listen to the show because most of them, they they don't like to hear. They don't like listening to my voice when we when we talk on the phone. They ain't listening. <laughs> so yeah. I, I was I set a goal. I said five years in, if it's just basically me, uh, Jess, and uh, you know maybe every once in a while my wife listening in if it wasn't just those people i would have quit but here we are 6 6 years in and um don't worry it gets better i mean we 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 improve we're like a fine wine we get better with age every year seems to get better we bring new shit every season you know we try to kick it up a notch so by i'd say about year 25 or so you're good to go. You, you'll you'll actually start to enjoy the shit.
0: There you go. But until next time, folks, we'll, we'll be, be seeing, seeing ya. <laughs>